Marie is walking along a dirt path, holding a little girl's hand. Will you send her mother all my love? The girl is tiny, and Marie is weeping. I don't know what to say. The girl and Marie have only just met, and now they have to say goodbye. Bye-bye. It's been an emotional few days for Marie. It's a good, safe journey there, and a good, safe journey back. And we'll enjoy our trip, and we'll, get, we'll give a lot, and we'll bring a lot back with us. So. Two days previously, the emotion was excitement in a bus on the way to Dublin Airport. Very nervous, but flight. Marie's fellow passengers were three other women from Ballyfermot in Dublin Elizabeth, Eileen, and Margaret Ann, all fundraisers. The first year I've done the mini marathon, I've done it for Africa. I raised 3,000 in cash and I got 5,000 with clothes. Another bus and another emotion, this time in Ethiopia. And the emotion is shock. Are they really people's homes? As Marie and the others drive through the country's towns and villages. See the women working with the stones. Women here, they're working the same way as the men is. They're picking up the big stones and the sand and just be amazed by it. When you think that you've so much at home and you never appreciate it, all you want is want, 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 want. What these kids need. The bus journey is a long one, eight hours. To pass the time, Marie reads Brian Moore. Uh, nice I have to go from the set. And I have another one there. The guy with the parallel. I'm in college, I do now computer courses in college. And I, I always worked with a group computers. I never um, last year was my first year ever to start. I'm on level five now, so once. I was in third, third year in um, secondary school and I left. And just two weeks before my junior start I left. I wanted to get a job. None of our friends went to school. We were the oldest going to school, so we felt left out, so we wanted to leave. The truck just passed me with loads of stuff on it, potatoes and things, and three churn cans, aluminium churn cans is up in it, and I've seen them at home in Ireland. There are milk cans, farmers that have them on their, on their land for, for the milk cows, but years ago, travelling people, when they'd be travelling, they'd always have a churn can. It'd be an aluminium churn can, they'd call it. And the women would bring it up like, like silver, they'd brill it, they, they, they thought the world of them. They cleaned them that much that they were like silver. You know, and we used to hold water in them in the summer and in the winter. And years ago, they used to put the butter and milk down in it to keep them cool. At the end of the bus journey, relief. The Irish women arrive at a Daughters of Charity convent in Jimma, in the south of the country. There to welcome them with the nuns is the local bishop, Marcus. He's curious about this group and their place in Irish society. Marie and the others are... travellers? What are the travellers? It's in me blood. Do you know what I mean? That's why I'm a traveller. You know what I mean? I'm not even class myself as a settled traveller. Although I'm settled, I'm still a traveller. How are they travelling? Where do they travel? How about the education of their children, the future of their children? Explain to me. Travelling people now can't travel on the side of the road because it's against the law now. Is it a culture to travel or what's the, what's, what's the reason to travel? It's what our forefathers did. 
forefathers, ancestors. So what our ancestors did, it's they travelled their lifetime because they could never settle. So when they travelled, they got the stigma that they were members of the travelling community, so they were called travellers, because they always travelled from town to town across Ireland. A local grocery shop and the Irish have only one thing on the shopping list. Sweets. I've got money here and the money no more, more about me than I know it's about the money. The nuns are bringing them to a local village. And so the women have stocked up on sweets for the children. But the nuns say no. They ask them to hold off on the sweets. They don't want the children to get the impression that visitors, especially white visitors, only come bringing gifts. We are working uh, to give them back their dignity. Yes, they have to understand they are not made to beg. They want the Irish travellers to bring just themselves to the village. So the Ballyfermot women do just that. Among the children playing outside is a pretty serious little girl named Sunny. You want to do it? Hold your hands. Hold your hands. My name is The games end, and the adults go into a plain one room building with benches around the walls. The Irish women explain again that they are from a smaller, separate group in Ireland, travellers. They were treated different in school, you know. We weren't allowed to go into the one door that the settled kids went into. We weren't allowed to play in the playground. We'd go out at a different time as the children. And um, even one time I dressed up as a settled child, like one of the other children, put a uniform on me. And we didn't have to wear uniforms. But I just put a uniform on me to get in, to be the same as every other child. But mm. I was put out and had to go back into the back door again. And that always lived with me, you know what I mean, mm. as being a child growing up. The Ethiopian women explained that they're also from a small, separate group in Ethiopia, lepers. We were in the cemetery with the dead body. Our children were not going to school. Uh, our children were going for begging with us, she said. Although they've been cured of leprosy, the stigma lingers. The habits that came with that stigma also linger, like begging, even though they're now trying to earn a living from making handcrafts and running mills in a shop. <laughs> Eventually, the meeting breaks up and the Irish women come out to play again with Sonny and the other children. They gather them in a large circle to show them Irish dancing. The Irish are invited to visit various houses in the village. Mud-walled, single-roomed dwellings. The roof is made of tin. There's like galvanised on the roof and there's just a board on the window which is a blowing curtain. And we used to go down back roads or maybe go into farmhouses. You kind of see something like that but whole pigs and things in it. You know what I mean? In one house, the subject of schooling comes up. The nuns run a school. They keep the costs to a minimum but there are costs and some children are sponsored. Sister Zige has a book on her lap and is taking names of village children and their potential foreign sponsors. 
about 25 euro per month uh, would cover some of their need, you know, maybe paying for school and uh, uh, some clothes and some food can be covered with that. The villagers approached the nun, asking her to find sponsors for their children. I want to sponsor a mother with a five-month-old baby. And she's a long parent. My name is Kalkida. It means promise in English. <laughs> Sunny doesn't have a sponsor. Marie offers to sponsor her. She's from uh, there's five kids and a mom and dad. So I'll sponsor her for education and food and things like that. <laughs> uh, Sister Ziggy asked me to sponsor them. She said they're, like, they're very poor, so... It's just heartbreaking, Helen. I'd love to help them all if I could. My name is. But there's only so much thing you can do, so. It's time for the bus back to the convent. Marie is holding Sonny's hand as they walk along the dirt path out of the village. After two days in which the Ballyferma travellers have discussed and described everything, they've now gone quiet. Leaving the village of former lepers, with children holding their hands, the women have retreated into themselves. Marie is asked why the visit has made her so emotional and her answer is straightforward I don't know the travellers did know what they were coming out with bye bye love you I love you aid and sharing their experiences but they don't know what they're going home with from Ethiopia. It takes you a while to get used to the camera, doesn't it? Sure, there are photos, presents and stories. But after that, what impact will the place have on them? I'm more out and heartbroken at the one time. So, if you ask me later, I'll give you a proper answer. We'll be hearing from them again later this year in a documentary here on Radio 1. Your right leg out. Your right leg out. Your right leg in. Your right leg in. And you shake it all about. And you shake it all about. These programmes have been supported by Irish Aid's Simon Cumber's Media Challenge Fund. That's what it's all about. Oh, hokey, hokey, pokey. You've been listening to The Curious Ear. I'm Colin Murphy. That's what it's all about.